Well, welcome back. This is segment three. My name is Derek Strauss, and I am talking to Manisha Deshpande and Joyida Banerjee, and they're both from Google Cloud. We've had some interesting discussions. Uh, segment one and segment two uh, was talking about the relationship between data strategy and business strategy, and uh, segment uh, segment two was about the technology investments in data platforms. We're moving now into a really interesting area around uh, segment three here, driving effectiveness and providing insights and preparing for the future. And we'll, we'll get into some discussion around artificial intelligence uh, a little bit uh, towards the end of this. Um, but if I, if I may just kind of take us straight in here, uh, Joita, with a, our first question. You know, our, our audience here of chief data officers and, and data leaders, um, one thing that, that puzzles them often is just how do I activate a line of business use case that is going to deliver impact for the business? Uh, and and, and that's, a, that's a critical decision that they've got to make and they've got to understand what to do uh, when it comes to that. So any, any thoughts around that? Yeah, sure. You know, um, when you take a step back and you look at one of the most pressing uh, challenges business leaders faced, you know, 2020, 2021, when you think about what we went through with the global pandemic, that was one of the years I think we will all remember is the year when supply chains globally were disrupted due to the pandemic. Um, enterprises continued to see tremendous volatility in demand. Retailers struggled to manage their inventory. Consumer trends shifted overnight once people were at home to when they were, you know, back out and, and stepping back into the workplace. And retailers really managed to balance that managing their inventory with consumer trends that was shifting, shifting overnight. And add to that, it was further aggravated because they were uh, not able to plan ahead because of port congestion, global container shortages. And when you put all of that together, I mean, it was really um, brutal for supply chain. And one of the key things every business leader struggled with, and we spoke to so many of them, supply chain visibility, the ability to predict accurately is really critical to the business. And I like to think about it as, you need to ensure the right product is at the right place, at the right time, at the right price point, to the right consumer, and to the right consumer segment. So when you think about all those rights, that's a lot of rights you've got to get correct, no pun intended. And, and the core to all of it is a solid data foundation. And why do I you know, talk about supply chain? That's one of the critical line of business use cases that could really be activated if you have a strong, solid data foundation. That is what will really help you get those KPIs going from your supply chain as it relates to inventory fulfillment, you know, getting the pricing right, getting the product right. And so when you think about this particular use case and you can really expand it to across your value chain, anything, be it marketing, be it your HR, be it your uh, financial systems, be it you know your consumer trends, it is extremely important to understand from the line of business the the key business KPIs they are measuring and they are being measured on. 
Then you pull the thread further and you say, where does that data source come from that allows them to get that insight? And once you marry that data source and you take it through the entire platform, from collecting it, storing it, processing it, activating it, to providing those insights, that's how you've activated that line of business use case. And, and so I, I used a pretty long story around supply chain to really say, you need to think through exactly that framework for every single use case across your value chain, the enterprise value chain. And that's how you will be able to deliver business impact. Mm-hmm. And how can data be democratized across the platform? And, and that's the other thing, right? I mean, uh, data it, it, data is really only as valuable as people that get insights from it. And, and the statistic that really, you know, we've, uh, we always stare at and, and take a step back just in, at, at how incredibly bad it is, 68% of organizations are unable to realize tangible, measurable value from their data. That's 68% of organizations. And so when you think about that, you say, all right, let's take a step back and who are the people that really need to use the data? And I like to think about it in terms of the, the critical personas across the data platform, right? And what is their role and what do they need from the data? So I'll walk through a couple of personas that we see in our conversations and and, uh, speak with regularly. Uh, Let's start with a data engineer. What's a data engineer's role? Their role is typically invested in collecting the data, managing it, converting that raw data into some usable format so that the data scientist and data analyst and business user can use it. So the critical thing to think about there is how do you streamline the data collection efforts for the data engineer? How do you make that seamless and how do you design a platform that allows that ingestion of the data to be very streamlined? Um, Data scientists, um, another statistic for you, data scientists spend 38% of their time on just data preparation and cleaning. And only 29% of their time is uh, spent on reporting, presentation and visualization. One could argue that percentage should be flipped. But it isn't today. And the reason it isn't is they aren't able to spend as much time on really uh, uh, building those insights. And so, you know, the more you're able to use the the AI ML models that are pre-built and and Google is such a leader in AI ML, the more you're able to, you know, leverage pre-built AI ML models for those business use cases that we talked about, the more power you're shifting to the data scientists. So so that's something we consistently talk to our data scientists about. Um, Business stakeholders, right? Ultimately, they're the consumers of the data. And when what is really required is for them to get a very holistic 360 degree view of their business. They don't need to get that data coming in from different sources. Um, It needs to be situationally aware. You need to have it responsive to real time events so that they are able to take action quickly. And so when you think about that and you put in the tooling and the the data products, right? The solutions and products that allows you to get a very predictive, prescriptive view and insight into your data very quickly, into your business very quickly, that's super powerful for the business stakeholder. And so that's the internal ecosystem, right? The engineers, the scientists, the analysts, and the business stakeholders. But a very core concept that today is emerging um, is external data sharing, right? The data democratization with external partners. And so 
that's something we've invested uh, a lot in and sharing the data with your partners allows them to really streamline their operations. Um, again, you know, talking about a retail use case, providers for, you know, third-party providers providing goods and products to this particular retailer, the more you empower them, the more they know what products to send, where the profitability gaps are, how they can change their supply chain. And so data sharing with partners is a very powerful concept that's emerging and, and a lot of data leaders are investing heavily in it. And finally, data monetization. You know, when you have all of that data, how do you want to think about publicly sharing that data that creates new revenue streams and ability to monetize the data? And so really the fundamental core, I will say, is when we think about data democratization, it is both internally with your people, externally with your partners and customers. And to think about the role and the outcome each one wants to drive and how the data solutions can enable and empower that. I think that's really how we think about democratization across the platform. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's so important, as you said, to consider the external side as well, the, the partner side, which is becoming more and more of an issue and more of a, an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thank you. That's, uh, that's a great, great overview of, uh, of, of that. Manisha, maybe we can switch um, to you and, and, and ask, how is artificial intelligence and, and generative AI impacting decisions that CDOs are making as it relates to investments in the platform? Sure. So um, the world is changing rapidly, right? And history has already taught us that those companies that invested in digitization were able to weather the pandemic better than those who didn't. So similarly, now the world is a buzz about AI and more specifically, excuse me, Gen AI. So laying out the foundational elements is the first step, right? So just like the pandemic, organizations that have a modernized data strategy and foundation and infrastructure will be the early adopters of these AI solutions. So in order to take advantage of Gen AI, organizations need to ensure that they have real-time data access to their private corpus of data, as well as their ERP systems and any other kind of category of data that exists for them. So, they need to be able to extract complex pieces of data and feed it back to the business in really intuitive ways, right? So that's the first step. And you can really only do that with a modernized data, um, data platform. Um, it's also important to, to advance your organizational practice around ML ops. Um, because when it comes to Gen AI in particular, test and iteration is incredibly important. This is a new frontier for everybody. So you may have a great data platform, but if you haven't really thought through what your ML ops practice looks like, you're not really going to benefit um, or maximize your benefit in terms of what Gen AI and AI can do for your organization. What we're seeing, or kind of, you know, maybe our hypothesis is that the real power of Gen AI and AI is com actually combining the two, which allows organizations to optimize technology costs while maximizing business returns. So, for example, you don't need 50,000 personalized ads to sell something like razors. Maybe you use Gen AI to serve 30 highly custom, highly specific ads 
and really figure out what resonates. And then you use your traditional marketing optimization or your recommendations AI capabilities, not gen AI, but recommendation, you know, a, a traditional straightforward AI solution to serve up the rest of your ads in a more economical way. So this test and learn expertise is incredibly important to determine an approach that maximizes gains. But in order, again, in order to do that, you need that robust data platform. You need to have access readily available to your data, to your ML um, data sets, and then you need to be able to put in place a practice that allows you to test and learn. Yes, and, and that last statement that you made is so important to, you know, to the whole CDO community um, because it's, I don't know about, about you, but I'm, I'm sure um, many uh, of our listeners have, have heard situations where people have said, all you need to do is AI and ML. You know, don't worry about all that data stuff. You know, our, our tools are wonderful. They'll solve world hunger for you. And, uh, and really understanding that, no, you've got to really focus on both sides of the, you know, of the, uh, the opportunity area. And, uh, and they're inextricably, uh, the success of the two sides are inextricably bound together. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that, is, uh, that is really great insight that, that both of you have, have provided. Thank you for that. We're approaching the end of our segment three here, but I, I thought before we go, maybe we can just step back from, you know, what we've been talking about and just ask each of you to, to comment in terms of, you know, what's the one takeaway that you would like the audience to walk away with having listened to us discussing stuff over the last three segments and, uh, and uh, who'd like to go first. You know, I, Derek, you, you said something that struck me. Um, I would love, for the day when data can solve world hunger and climate change and the education crisis. And I live for the day when AI is able to do that. And I think that's the holy grail. But for now, as we live in these macroeconomic conditions with the kind of turmoil we are seeing um, in the markets, in our economy, across enterprises, you know, I would say this more often than not, we speak with data leaders who are very focused on reducing cost in the near term. And, and as I mentioned in, in the first segment, um, it is a defensive move. It might be the right one. You know, uh, obviously everyone has to make that call for their business. But what we would really recommend for data leaders is to take a more long-term view, almost an offensive, you know, kind of a strategy rather than that defensive one, because then you're able to make the strategic investments needed to unlock value, create that data foundation that sets you up for accelerated revenue growth in the future. So that's my one wish list, balancing the more towards the offensive than the defensive strategy. Okay, thanks, Joita. And Manisha, how about you? What's the one takeaway that you'd like everyone yeah, to? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to uh, carry this thread through. I, I feel so passionately that a strong data foundation leads to success in AI as the next frontier for data leaders and for business leaders. AI is a hot topic, right? It's, you know, the industry's buzzing, especially around now what is generative AI. But the truth is organizations have long dabbled in enterprise AI with varying success, 
right? And so overnight, AI went from being an initiative that organizations were leisurely exploring, they were side projects, you know, it was small SWAT teams, to a critical imperative, a critical organizational imperative, right? So the tech people process, can, you know, implications of this are vast. Um, and, and so starting with the tech, we believe one critical success factor for enterprise AI is around data management and an organization's ability to share, discover, and reuse data and other ML assets. And then another component is, is the data-driven culture. Um, you know, the, the, a culture around test and learn, a culture around um, being comfortable with failing fast and failing forward um, is being experimentative. So those two need to come together um, in order to really ensure that an organization is maximizing their potential with AI. Very well put, both of you. Thank you. I uh, really appreciate uh, Monisha and, and Joita for your insights and uh, the, the succinct uh, ideas that, that you've uh, given us. And uh, certainly our, I'm sure our audience uh, is going to really enjoy these, uh, these segments. And to the audience, by the way, if you have not seen segment one and segment two, <laughs> go back and check them out because there's some good stuff there anyway uh, that's all uh, at this time from me and uh, I'll be signing out and saying once again thank you very much to uh, Monisha and Joita for, for joining me on this interesting discussion thanks, thanks very much Derek